This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Design Build Hunt podcast presented by Whitetail Partners. Here we cover all things whitetail property design, habitat improvement, and hunting strategy. Let's change your property for good. Welcome back to another episode of the Design Build Hunt podcast presented by Whitetail Partners. I'm your host, Josh Raley with Whitetail Partners Georgia, and I've got Greg from Whitetail Partners Ohio and Tim in Wisconsin. Guys, welcome back to the show. Howdy. And thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for jumping back on. Guys, we've got an exciting uh, episode today. We've got a design breakdown, which uh, really has been kind of a highlight for, for a lot of our viewers and a lot of our listeners. And so we want to try to bring you the content that is going to be most helpful for you. And I think these have been really beneficial for folks. I think that uh, people have really enjoyed seeing them as well. Seeing a little bit of, of our process about some of the why behind why we do things where we do them and put things where we put them. So um, definitely want to tell people, <clears throat> you know, the two things I always talk about when we do these breakdowns. Number one just because you have a property that may be similar in size or similar in layout does not mean that this exact design is going to work well for your property. Every property is unique. And so, you know, please don't try to take one of these designs and just implement it, you know, copy and paste onto your property because you're probably not going to end up being very happy with the results that you get. Uh, but please do learn, you know, some of the uh, principles behind what we do and why we do it and take those and learn from them as well uh, and implement those. Number two, if you're just listening to this, this is going to be one that you want to watch on YouTube. So maybe pause the podcast right now or listen to it all the way through. You know, take note of the things that you want to make sure to see. Jump over onto our YouTube channel and watch it after you've listened to it because you're going to want to take a deep dive into exactly where these things are. It's going to be a lot easier to follow along on our YouTube channel. So, uh, Greg, man, why don't you just walk us through real quick kind of the big why behind wanting to share this particular property. It's a little bit different than some of the others that we've had on. 
Yeah. Um, so this is a central Ohio piece located right in the middle of uh, farm country. And with like a lot of properties in farm country, there's a lot of really good pinch points to hunt, but access is a, an issue. Um, so why I really wanted to share this design was just to kind of look at how we overcame those access issues and still wanted to take advantage of the really good stand locations the best that we could. Um, now you'll see here that a lot of the eastern side of the plan wasn't really drawn up. So pretty much everything from this blue line all the way up and around to the left side of that, that's going to be what we're developing into the design. And there's no access opportunity from behind the habitat improvement. So everything is coming from outside of the habitat into the habitat for access. So just thought it would be really interesting to share kind of how to overcome that because one of the biggest objections that we help people overcome is access issues. People are worried about uh, bumping deer through their property, whatever it may be. So just different screening techniques, um, how to combat it. And then if a spot is, you know, quote unquote, the spot, sometimes you just have to deal with going across a travel corridor or something uh, just because that is your best stand location on the property. Yeah, that's really good. And, and I've yet to come across a property. Uh, actually, I take that back. I've had one property that I'm going to be on here in a couple of weeks. Uh, that's a rather small property and it has roads on two sides. So the access for this one is stellar. But most of the properties that I'm on have some type of access challenge. Uh, where I'm at, a lot of it is the, the road cuts right through the middle of the property because that's the ridge that goes, you know, along the middle of the property and it dips down on both sides. So you've got, you know, a lot of where your deer are wanting to bed. It just happens to be exactly where you're going to be driving your vehicle onto the property. And, um, you know, obviously you're disturbing your core every single time you go in and out of a property. So lots of challenges that we face and I'm excited to see how you're helping uh, address some of these challenges. So where are we going to start with, uh, with this design? Yeah, so where I'll start with this one is actually up towards this north here, just because there's not a ton of habitat to it, but it's a really cool um, piece of the property. And you'll see that I just have a few orange dots here. Now, what this is, is this is just like a typical drainage um, that comes out in... Uh, the edge of the farm field and it already had a lot of really good buck sign in there when we were walking around it as you can kind of see it bowls down and kind of loops into the core part of the property but as i zoom out here what you'll see when you look across the road is some big blocks of timber that all kind of condense down and if you can imagine all of that deer activity as they leave that plot of woods out here this is their first destination. So what we really wanted to do was develop this into a bit of like a buck sanctuary and just create some isolated bedding pockets and lead that travel right into the property. So we did that, we were able to accomplish it and uh, we kind of did this little bumper here to keep that deer movement coming into the property and that gets us right into our first stand location which is a couple of hundred yards away from these isolated buck beds but it's a really good opportunity to kind of catch those bucks as they are leaving those bedding areas and working into the core part of the property where a lot of the doe families are going to be hanging out. Um, you'll also see that we really had to work through that first access issue because the only place that we have an opportunity for a bow hunt here is going to be along this tree line because we only have so many trees available. So 
uh, you can kind of see when I zoom down here that we have a pretty good slope on this hill. So by planting a good strip of screen cover, that's going to block the visual access where if anything is in this bedding area, uh, the hunter can just kind of slip right through the middle of this and work their way down into the stand location. And although they're going to be passing through where that anticipated deer travel is in a perfect world the buck that comes out of here is the target buck and before they're able to cross that hunter ground scent it's already uh, a done deal and they've put the tag on their buck um, so that's like the first the first spot that we had to overcome that access just to get into the right location yeah i i think that's a really interesting point where you know we can kind of point out for folks like you know, not every spot is going to set up perfectly, but some spots just need to be hunted, you know, yeah. like, whether, and, and maybe this means that we're not going to hunt this spot very often, right? Maybe we're not going to go in there, but a couple of times a season because it is highly intrusive, but you do need to get in there at least a time or two, you yeah. know what I mean? And especially on those, on those uh, perfect days where that buck we, we know is going to be maybe getting up out of bed a little bit earlier or coming back to bed a little bit later in the morning so all right take me down to uh, stand number two yeah and uh, just to kind of note on what you said there about how hunting it only a couple days of the year that ended up being really the reoccurring theme throughout the property was mm. we found a lot of stand location that that's exactly what it was going to be but we were able to stack enough of them on top of each other that the landowner is going to really be able to come in here and have high odd sits in these more intrusive locations, but they're so spread out and they can be hunted on different winds and different opportunities that he gets to have a lot of really good hunts, um, but only hunting one stand a couple times through the whole season. Right. So that'll uh, make it a really fun property to hunt too, because you're always on yeah. something new, <laughs> but you're also, you also always feel like you're in the chips. You know what yes. I mean? There, there's never a time that you're like, well, I'm kind of sitting, a you know, sitting back off the action, don't have high expectations uh, with, with this kind of setup, it is, yes, a little more aggressive than maybe you would be otherwise, but you're always in the money. Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what I told them going into it. You know, it's, uh, you can look at it one or two ways that you're going into the core part of your property or that we're spreading it out enough. Uh, and we're kind of keeping this inner part intact that we're going to have some really good hunts when we're out here. So, uh, right. we're definitely both on board with the game plan. And I think we were able to put together something really special. Um, now before I break it down, any of the other stand locations, I'm going to look at just this big central area here. Uh, you're going to see some good bedding pockets, a lot of regenerative cover. So what this area was, it was actually logged about 15 years ago or so. Um, and I have a nice uh, drone picture here that I can share with you guys that I took of the property. So this is all of that habitat that we had drawn up, um, in, in that section right there. Now, that as is already made up some pretty good bedding on this hillside. Um, and what we're really going to focus on doing is just developing a few of these areas to target that doe bedding. So it's really close to this big food source. Um, right now it's a cornfield, but we're going to convert that over into a planted food plot. So our goal here is, is just to kind of direct traffic in specific locations through this old uh, growth from that, that cut and then have specific bedding areas. And then we're going to kind of direct that travel um, in, into some of these tree stands, which as you can kind of see here, it's all really on the edge all the way around it. So even though we have to come into the core part, we're really leaving the place where the deer are going to be spending the most time 
as undisturbed as possible. So, mm. um, you know, I could really break down the reason why behind all of these stands because there is a specific reason to it. But I would have to say that my favorite stand on this property, I'm going to go in and kind of cover that one just because I think this is where he's he's probably going to have luck year after year is this stand right here next to this uh, little five icon. Uh, reason why this is so nice is that you can see when I kind of flatten this out, there's a nice ridge here. So this is a general slope downhill from the farm field all the way to where these two corridors come down together. Now, having this access up the property line and back on the other side of this creek, this little flat area where the corridors combined, they are the only flat spot from a washed out hill and then a creek bank. So there's about 25 yards right in front of the tree stand that it's already such a good, well-traveled corridor. Um, we're just going to kind of enhance it to pull the travel off of the hillside here. But he's able to stay right on the opposite side of the creek from those corridors with a nice little mock scrape set up leading directly into the food underneath all of that dough bedding we have over here. So this is just... Just like your traditional farm country pinch point of a place like you're almost forcing the deer to travel there so by figuring out what the tree was this is another example of a spot where yeah we do have to come into the core part of the property but the stand location is good enough that it's worth getting in there because this could be that stand location he knows he can go into on whatever the day may be every single year and get those bucks as they're cruising the the downwind side of this doe bedding area Right. And I think an important thing that you've got going on there with that stand location is, yes, you do uh, kind of intrude into the core, but you're not spending a lot of time there in the core. You know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah. you're very quickly along that property line, then very quickly down to your tree stand. You're not spending a bulk of your time sort of right there where you're really going to get busted. You're getting to your stand relatively quickly. You're going to take steps to try to, you know, mitigate the disturbance that you would cause uh so it is intrusive but at the same time once you're there in the stand you're really uh kind of bulletproof looking at the layout here yeah yeah it's a really good setup and and with this creek here there's enough water in there that your whole access up this back property line should be screened by that water noise of the trickling water because it's a rocky bottom so i always like to use these creeks for access here in ohio just because that water noise screens all of your um, that noise that you would be making on your way into the stand and it's kind of a way that i like to level out like if i what am i going to um, get in return for taking this high intrusive stand location and that's a fair enough trade-off for me to want to make sure that we put that that stand location up right here right right i dig it man. this looks really really good sorry tim go ahead yeah i was just going to say greg something that stands out to me about both the stand locations you've highlighted so far is the the distance of travel and the the length that you've put between yourself and and the food that you're going to eventually deer are going to be headed to because I think it's so tempting to get tight to those food sources uh but when we're targeting bucks specifically and we understand that they're going to get there later you know that's a little bit of a funnel for travel but in general you're hunting more of that staging area more of that distance from food than you are right on top of it and I think for targeting specific deer that's great and I also think for your exit at the end of the night you don't expect to have a bunch of deer out in front of you, right? They've already passed through. So you've had the opportunity to see what you want to see and you can get out clean just the same as you get in. Yeah, those are both really good points, Tim. I'm glad you keyed on that because one of the big things going into this plan uh, was the fact that 
this guy, uh, he is entering like his 60s and he's really set on wanting to turn this into a property where he's able to have opportunities at some of the top tier bucks in the area. So that's how we designated a lot of these stand locations was understanding one that we're not going to have a tremendous amount of opportunities shooting the best bucks on the property over this big food source but we're going to have the best opportunity catching those bucks traveling either to that food or on the downwind side of the doe bedding areas um and and like I said, that's why we have a lot of the sand locations away from the primary food that we're going to be bringing on to the property. And I think that's always worth noting to people. Like there's definitely a difference between like our blind stand here that we have overlooking the food source and this here. The the goal of what we're trying to take uh to fill our tag out of this stand is completely different than what we're trying to do on this food source over here. You know, our, our box blind that we're going to have over this food plot, this is going to be able to be a place that he's able to bring people out that want to hunt with him and just kind of enjoy the evening. You're going to see a lot of deer and do you have that opportunity to shoot the best buck on your property over a great food source? Of course you do, but it's more likely in one of these staging type areas surrounded by that really high quality food. Um, so that's just a point that I always like to nail home, but that's why I take so much time on the front end when I'm getting to know somebody of, you know, what really are your goals in this? Are we just trying to do this to see more deer, create better habitat, or, you know, are you going to go out there and want to shoot the biggest buck on your property every year because that definitely has a big impact on where I'm placing these stand locations. Right. Huge, huge impact on the design uh, because you're right. I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, only one stand really taking advantage of, of the food source, you know, whereas I think a lot of guys who um, may be looking at, okay, where do I want to be in the afternoon? They may have three or four around mm-hmm. this, especially if they're bow hunters, they may have three or four different stand locations right here around that, uh, around that food source. So very well done. There's another part to this property though. Is that correct? Yes, there is. Yep. So a couple miles down the road, um, he, he owns a different piece. So I'm going to scroll down to that here. Uh, there's a little bit more that you're not going to see on this screen. That's just uh, part of the plan that is just a permission-based piece. So we didn't do any habitat. It's just a couple stand locations. So we just have a, another section. Now, this one does have a little bit more cover, as you can see, and it has a few different main uh, ridges that run out, and that's where the core of these improvements were set up on. Now, we are able to bring a considerable amount of food into this portion of the plan, but as you can see, it's not really big food. We have one good size plot that's about an acre and a half here, but everything else outside of that is between that quarter acre and half acre size. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more designed as pass-through type plots rather than those destination food sources. Granted, they may end up being an early or late season attraction, which we definitely put that into account as we were putting them together. Uh, But another great property that just had a lot of really good farm country pinch points that I think are going to give the opportunity to tag these better bucks. Um, So as you can see here, there's a whole nother element to this full design for this landowner where if his goal is to come in here and shoot the best bucks in the area, he can completely pressure property A. And if he feels like he's overworking it, he can come down here and he's got a fresh hundred acres to hunt that he's the only hunter on it. So it hasn't been touched since the last time he's been here. So that was the beauty of this is we were able to get very aggressive on our setups and know he's going to have some really good hunts here. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I was talking with uh, a real estate agent from Kentucky, actually, a couple of years ago on a, on a different podcast, and he told me that he would rather, if he's buying a piece of property, he would rather have three 20-acre properties than one 60-acre property if he's hunting. And this guy's he's well-known in the, in the outdoor industry as well. So, I mean, he's not just a real estate guy. Like, he, he kills big bucks all the time, right? And uh, does it all around the country. But he's talking about at home, he wants 320s instead of 160 because of the reason that you said right here, he can pressure one place and then get out of there. He also says he thinks that his odds of having shooter caliber deer, which for him is like five and six year old deer, he said he thinks he has higher odds of shooter caliber deer on these properties if he has them more spread out. You know, he, he's more confident that he can get the deer that he's after on his property if he's got, you know, kind of more locations covered. So, uh, Tim, anything else you want to break down on this design? Oh, I'd love if, if you could, Greg, you know, yeah. you right away picked out your favorite spot on the other, on the other parcel. Mm-hmm. Could you take us into your favorite pro, uh, spot on this parcel? Yeah, um, I actually can. So this is a really cool spot here because the access is so simple, but it's going to be really highly productive. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn the contour on. I know that you can kind of see the hillside, but it'll help if you can see just how steep this is. So you can see this has like a really nice hub system right here that it makes it very hard for deer to come up and down the hub, but it's very easy for them to walk around it. So this is a pretty big staple in farm country here in Ohio. You just have these steep ravines right off of the tillable ground. And that's just because anywhere that the farmer is able to till, typically uh, they're going to till it and then the rest is left to grow up. So very steep terrain here. So there was already a very strong travel corridor going around this bowl right here. So by enhancing it, you know, all we really have to do is go in here and do some chainsaw work, cleaning up this corridor, making it the very the very obvious, easiest path of travel. Um, what's so great about this is we have a mock scrape waterhole location. This mock scrape is already a massive car hood scrape. It's right at the top mm. of the ravine um, and it's it's a very easy place for those bucks to just kind of cruise around. So what this is, is actually all open and it, he actually was, um, had a, had a corn feeder set up here. So we're going to take that out of there. And what we're going to do is we're going to plant this strip of clover, which leads to our big plot up the way, and then kind of bring some cover back in just to develop this open field. This whole hillside is extremely thick. So it creates a really good edge and a cruising area. But what makes this my favorite spot, not only is it just a place that I know that we're going to get a lot of buck activity, just the ease of access that he has to get into here. Um, This is a big cattle farm up here. So that's what all of these fields are. It's just area that the cattle graze around. He's able to come and park right up in the uh, common area, right across the road from the house. And he can slip right down through the gate, walk right down the fence line and not even go 20 yards into the woods. And he's overlooking one of the best pinch points on the entire property and the ease of access, the limited amount of intrusion he's putting onto it. You know, I told them this is something that I feel comfortable having you hunt. Like if you know that you have a buck using this, that you're targeting, you can hunt this thing a couple days in a row because it is so low impact. You know, right. he's literally just coming right off the road and the deer don't have any difference if 
is this guy just out here tending to his cattle or is he sitting in the tree? You know, like they're not able to tell that. So when we have these opportunities uh, to just kind of slip in and hunt such a great location, these are the ones like I'm circling multiple times when I'm breaking down the design for the landowner because they're going to be such great spots for him. So that's definitely my favorite spot on this property. Um, but again, like there are so many places that I feel like could be the tree. Like if I had one of these setups on my entire property, I would be ecstatic. And I think there's like seven or eight of them that he had between both sets that I feel like, wow, this could literally be the spot that you tag out every single year. <laughs> wow. It, and that's so, that's so good to bring up. Like there are properties and this is, this is one of the things that we talk about when we're, when we're saying, Hey, we can help you with a pre-purchase review, right? Like there, there are spots on properties or not every property is created equal. Uh, you know, you may find a property that's this exact same size just down the road and it may only have one or zero of these types of opportunities on it. And then you get this property right down the road, probably selling for about the same price. And guess what? There's seven of them. Yeah. You know, so your huntability is just dramatically different. And that's why it's so important when you're looking at buying land to either talk with somebody uh, like us who, who understand the, the hunting and design aspect behind it all. But, you know, when you're working with a real estate agent, find one that understands hunting land um, yeah. at a at a deep, deep level. And I know, Greg, you're you're a real estate agent there in Ohio, correct? Yeah. Yep. And that's definitely a big part. Like when I do a lot of work with guys, um, whether it's before purchasing, before designing, and, and that is definitely a big thing is there, there are not every real estate agent is created equal. And, you know, like I can say the same thing. I'm not going to be able to sell you the best three bed, two bath house in the city because that's just not my realm, you know, but if you want a nice 80 acre piece and farm ground and to shoot some big bucks on, I can definitely help you out with that. So <laughs> you can point uh, them in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and I can definitely refer you out if you're looking for your forever home, but um, I'll definitely help you out if you're looking for that best whitetail property in the neighborhood. Excellent. Well, Greg, beautiful design. I think this guy, I think, I think you're going to get a picture from that spot right there. Yeah. You can't see my mouse, but the one that you were talking about, I, I think yeah. you're going to get a picture just out in that cattle pasture of him and his, uh, him and his buck. That's a yeah. good looking spot. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to how this turns out for him. He's he's really excited to actually get the opportunity to come back and, and do some of the projects with him uh, over the next couple of months. This property is not too far away from where I live, so I get to slip over there and help him with the projects and kind of see the whole thing through, which I always feel like when I get to do the habitat work on top of the design, it adds to even like a deeper connection with that landowner, and I right. feel it even more like when they send that big buck down pitch it's just when they say like hey man this was that corridor we cut out right leading to that trail ply and you're like you remember working on the chainsaw with them that day it's like yeah man it's working out that's just so yeah. cool yeah absolutely awesome well good stuff greg thanks for sharing this folks if you enjoyed this episode uh and you're just listening to it do hop over to our youtube channel if you have any questions about this layout or design or some of the other ones that we've done you can drop that question in the comments we'll uh, we'll get to it eventually. Greg, I think you're handling some of that. Is that right? Are you on yeah. there somewhere? All yep, right. So doing, doing my best. <laughs> yeah, doing doing your best, trying to keep up. So uh, yeah, if you've got a question or a comment or something like that that you would like to share with us, please do drop that in. If you could leave us a review also, that would be awesome for uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to this. But guys, thanks for joining me today and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's show. 
If you found this helpful, do us a favor and leave us a review wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram at whitetail underscore partners, on Facebook, Whitetail Partners LLC, on YouTube by simply searching Whitetail Partners, or online at whitetailpartners.com.